Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Movie Shed. I am, of course, your host, Mike. Now, uh, what I wanted to talk about today was twists in films. Yeah, we some of us probably already know the meme about uh, M. Night Shyamalan. What a twist! So, yeah, the thing is, is that when you... Uh, have a twist ending or some kind of twist within the storyline if it's done correctly it's something that kind of blindsides the audience but in retrospect they look at it and go you know i kind of see where they were going with this a number of examples of it failing of course exist in film m night Shyamalan being quite infamous for doing this but it's not just film that of course this particular phenomena occurs you know it exists in film but it also exists in tv shows it exists in literature uh for god's sakes if you've ever read any of the hercule poirot books the the level of deus ex machina in twist endings that's what that those books tend to be because he just because the main character of Hercule Poirot pulls evidence that you the reader or if you watch the TV show the audience never got a chance to see or even hear discussed and he just pulls it out of his ass and says and this is the murderer and you're like what that's bullshit how the hell is he a murderer? And then he starts explaining with all this evidence that he got conveniently off fucking screen. Yeah, that's kind of the problem. M. Night Shyamalan, of course, everyone knows from the films, he always does these twists. Now, I think the problem with him was that he had really early success with uh, his film with, oh God, what the hell is it named? Ah, uh, crap. I should have really written it down. Uh, anyway, I see dead people. That... That particular film, his first big successful film, I think uh, put him in a false sense that he could, that he was, you know, false sense of confidence, that he could pull this kind of thing off with anything. And then, of course, there was that horrible, horrible airbender movie of his. Oh, man, it was bad. It was a bad, bad film. And yeah, our, the one that had the elevator, it's like, oh, that was memeable. So memeable. Oh, the, the toast with the jelly landed jelly side down. That means El Diablo, El Diablo, oh, for God's sakes. Yeah, the, the thing is, is if you need to get a twist, you, you have a surprise villain. You know, it's a surprise. Don't telegraph it so hard if you want it to be successful. When one of your characters who is so... Who oozes bad guy. Especially if you cast an actor who is well known for playing villains. And he's not playing the obvious villain. People immediately start going... Oh, good. We're going to find out in a twist that uh, this guy is actually the bad guy. And then, usually at the halfway mark, they go and they 
It's revealed that the person you thought was the bad guy, he was the bad guy. Well, shit, I never saw that coming. Yeah. Bad things, man. The bad things. But when it's done well, it can actually throw you off. Now, it's kind of difficult to do, especially if you really need to work within the Hollywood framework, the Hollywood production studio system, mainly because they're looking at, you know, risk versus reward when you're presenting them ideas. I've discussed this in, in an earlier show about how the Hollywood system really works, you know, how they don't really give a shit whether or not it's a film that, you know, honors story and lore and source. They don't give a shit about any of that. What they care about is whether or not they can make a return on the investment they're going to give you, or if they see you as an enormous risk and that there's a very, very good chance that they're going to lose all of that money. That's really, that's the formula. They don't give a damn about anything else. And in order to kind of move the needle in your favor, so to speak, you hire big-name actors. Well, I need to get get a person, get an actor, a well-known actor, who's going to play a villain. He's going to play the villain in my film. However, I've written it so that it's a surprise. Well, then you go and you cast an actor who's going to be the villain. He knows he's the villain, so he kind of acts slightly villainous, even when he's not supposed to exude that. Well, people aren't stupid. They can see that. They're like, wait a minute, I've seen this guy in a film before, and he was an incredible bad guy. And now here he is, and he's not supposed to, he's not the bad guy, but I get the feeling it's a crappy twist coming up. And sure enough, halfway point, or in some cases, for some bizarre reason, at the near the end, near the last you know, 30, 40 minutes I've seen a couple times, and one, uh, they managed to keep it, tried to keep it under wraps for a whole 15 minutes before, boom, bad guy. Right. That's a twist. That was lame. What a twist. It sucks. That's just the way it is. Really, this is just me kind of complaining now, isn't it? Well, yes and no. Yes, I am complaining. Because it is annoying when you have to watch a film and it has this kind of shitty twist. You know, it's a twist ending or, oh, the person who's not the bad guy is the bad guy. What a twist. So many terrible films take this concept and they just run with it like a moron with a pair of scissors. It's bad things are going to happen, man. They just are. And yet, they still keep doing it. Just like the moron will continue to keep running with scissors. It's only when something really bad happens that they tend to stop. I mean, look at M. Night Shyamalan. He goes, he has a movie. It has a twist. What a coincidence. Well, there we are. It worked. Then he did the next few films. They had twists. They were stupid. Stupid, the village. There's one with a stupid twist that you could see 
freaking a mile away. And it was such a thud. It landed with such a thud that you're like, man, just stop. Nope, he kept going. Then he tried a few other films that were progressively worse and worse and worse. And then we ended with The Last Airbender. That was, wow, that was a gigantic wet fart, wasn't it? No one going into that theater was expecting that. And coming out of the theater, they looked like people who just been farted on. Surprised, mildly disgusted, and swearing that they will never come back again. Yeah. And now where's M. Night? Oh, yeah, sure. He, he was talking about doing a sequel to that, and every other studio's like, uh, no. If you're going to do that, you can fund it yourself. That last one was a giant pile of shit. And we lost all the money. We can't even sell the plushy Appa dolls. Fuck you. Uh, what makes a twist work? Like I said, it works when the audience isn't expecting it. When the audience is blindsided, but it's also, it also works. Well, really, it should work in tandem. Not only should it be a surprise, a genuine surprise, but it should also make sense. If it doesn't make sense, we go back to the Hercule Poirot, when you start pulling out evidence out of your ass that you collected off screen, it doesn't make sense. It just gives you a sense of deus ex machina because the author wills it, or the screenwriter wills it, and they solve the case because I've decided as the writer of this particular story, they are brilliant and can never be wrong. That's, that doesn't work if it doesn't make sense and it isn't a surprise. You've absolutely screwed it up. It's boned. Now, when you go and you set up a good story, it's a bit of a mystery of what's going on and who is behind this. You have some potential suspects, but the evidence is a little iffy. It's a bit iffy, but you have, at least as you're watching the film, you have, you know, these two investigators, one who is doggedly pursuing this and the other one who's kind of just really tired of it all. And it's like, look, I've been working on this case for a couple of years now, and I haven't been able to crack it. I can't find anything else. The, the evidence is scant on the ground. Whoever's doing this is damned good. But I'll help you out, and we'll see if we can't figure it out together. Maybe a fresh pair of eyes, but I'm not holding out any hope. And you go along the story, and you're scrutinizing everything. And the, you know, handful of suspects that they're presented to you. You know, each one has a flavor, a potential leaning. He might be the one. That person might have done it. And then at the big twist ending, you find out the person working with the investigator was the guy all along. Now that's a twist. That is exciting because there was no real buildup. Now, it can look especially if you don't do it quite right, that uh, everyone starts pointing a finger at the partner. 
immediately, especially if you're starting to lean a little too heavily into it. If you're starting to let, if he, the partner's doing suspicious things, you can't have him do suspicious things. Because then there's no way for you to point to him. But it makes sense in a storyline of this kind of a mystery. And it does, the twist does make sense because now here's someone who's actually committing the crimes who is able to keep track of anyone investigating it and is able to gently nudge them, steer them in the direction they want them to go, to misdirect them to go, no, no, let's look, we should really look at this guy. This is the person that he's been doing a lot of these things. It should have been well-researched. And when you play it off that way, it does come as a surprise, especially if you have these great kind of like uh, come together moments between the two characters. And it's and there's some encouragement. It's like, you know, look, I was wrong. Maybe there is something here. Maybe you are seeing something I can't see. So, you know what? I'm going to trust you. Let's go with your gut. Let's go in this direction and see where it leads. Maybe this is the break we needed. When you have those kinds of moments, it completely throws the audience because now they're thinking they're really working together and they're really both on the same page. They're both trying to solve the crime. But all the while, that guy is the big mastermind, the big criminal. That's when it works. That's when a twist can really work. M. Night Shyamalan's uh, first big film it worked. That twist near the ending worked. Twist ending, it worked. But he And he was able to give you cryptic little clues. Now, that one was a well-crafted story with a good twist. And that one I will give him props for. The others were lazy. They were lazy, lazy. You have to really put in a lot of effort, a lot of work in order to create a good twist for a story. You have to have a good story in order to justify an interesting twist. I mean, hell, if you just, if you did the whole the village crap, then it falls flat and people look at it and go, yeah, I kind of figured this was where it was going to go. And if you haven't watched the village, you know, I... I guess I won't spoil it for you, but I'll tell you what. For those of you who are not interested in watching The Village, here's what I'll do. I'm going to give a bit of a spoiler warning. And I'll give you a few moments to go ahead, and if you're not interested, to skip ahead. Uh, honestly, it's not going to, it's going to just take a few seconds. So, spoiler warning starting now. All right. Here's the thing. The village is supposed to be, you know, like the uh, 19th, the village of the 19th century, something along those lines. And they're, they're separated from the rest of the world because of an evil, evil monster that turns out to be horseshit. And then they find out that they're living in the modern world and that they're just this weird cult-like group. That's the twist. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. As if people didn't already start seeing the huge red flags of where that was going. So, there's that. 
Now, M. Night has been pretty bad because I, I truly do believe he is a... Because people have accused him of being one-trick pony because of what he does. Because he's really... His cinematography focuses far more on uh, horror. And it really showed with the last airbender film because everything was done with almost a horror movie kind of direction honestly when people say he's a one-trick pony that would mean that he's actually good with that trick and he's not i think he the problem is is that when he had that first big success it went to his head he got filled with a confidence that really wasn't justified and began to think that this was the that he was absolutely without fail one of the best directors and he went on with that kind of hubris to his other projects and then had reality constantly banging on his door going uh you're not as good as you think you are but he persevered thinking that no no that was just a minor hiccup because he had let's see what was the one after i think it was signs signs was incredibly stupid then you had The Village, which was, inc I wouldn't say incredibly stupid, but it was very boring. And it was very paint by numbers. Let's just put it that way. His real low point, honestly, was going to be The Last Airbender. Because, oh man, trying to squeeze like two season, two to three season, no. No, no, it was a season and a half of TV show and storyline and cram it into a movie. Yeah, I don't think that was going to work ever. Honestly, it would have been better if he'd have done the whole Lord of the Rings idea and set up, okay, the first one is, you know, We'll do the, the books, the way they had the various chapters, because they had four chapters or four seasons. Each one was named a book. You know, the book of air, the book of water, the book of earth, and the book of fire. And those are significant because those are going to be kind of the main uh, bending, elemental bending that is predominant within that particular uh, series of episodes that's going to be the predominant uh, element that's being used for that particular set of episodes and honestly he might have been better off following that and trying to get trimmed down episodes to make it into a feature length he might have been able to get away with two films they would have been a little tight but, you know, the first two books is one movie, and the last two books is one movie. He might have been able to pull that off. But, no, he he didn't. He tried to cram far, far too much. And there was far, far too little of those characters that were actually there. It was There were bunches of two-by-fours just speaking at a camera. Pretty boring stuff. Pretty awful. Got off topic a little bit, but, well, hey, that was a twist. It, to use a phrase from a 
actor, not an actor, but a director who I think is possibly the one of the uh, scummier people on the planet, Ryan Johnson, uh, it subverted my expectations because I expected it to be good, and it wasn't. So there. I hate that phrase, subverting your expectations. That is possibly the laziest way to defend your shitty film. Well, you see, you expected it to be good, and I subverted those expectations. Yeah, a great deflect, genius. Uh, Ryan Johnson can be a good actor. Uh, God damn it. A good director. He can be. I mean, Knives Out is a good film. Honestly, though, if you ever have the thought of putting him in charge of a franchise, and at least one movie of a franchise that needs to follow story plot, story plots, and have you know follow lore. Uh, yeah, you would be insane to have that guy anywhere near it, because when it comes to IP, he's a moron. When it comes to franchises that need to have a coherent story to have to follow lore, yeah, you would be completely nuts. In or if you're trying to uh, get him as your director, because you're saying to everyone, uh, the franchise might as we might as well kill it off and kill it hard. So we're going to have Ryan Johnson in charge. Uh, if he's left to his own devices, kind of like uh, what was that guy's name, Paul Feig, Paul Feig, with Ghostbusters 2016, when he's allowed to uh, do his own thing, which is kind of spoofs and parodies of sorts of big blockbuster films like you know rom-coms and uh, Bond and so forth. When he's allowed to do his own devices, he hits more than he misses, though it's like a 60-40, in my opinion. Put him in a franchise? No. Bad idea. Same with Ryan Johnson. You let him do his own thing with a story that he really wants to do, he can knock it out of the park. You know, Knives Out, it's a, it's a good film. I recommend it. And I hate that guy. But he makes a good film. Uh, his Star Wars film? What was it? The Last Jedi? Yes, The Last Jedi. It was garbage. I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. So, there's a twist. Well, so I got a little ranty there at the end. Yeah. Hope you guys don't mind. I, I, I do tend to rant here in the movie shed. That's kind of what I do. That's kind of what I've done for a long time. You know, I talk about, I discuss films and the film industry and mainly bitch and rant. That's usually my MO. It's usually what I do. But hey, sometimes if you really love something, you've got to criticize it. And criticism, that's really what this is. If you don't have any kind of constructive criticism for any kind of artistic work, it slides immediately into being something boring and uninteresting. And then the whole thing just kind of fades away. I don't want film to fade away. I mean, it's been around for a hundred years, but uh, it's become so much more of a big business these days that uh, really the Hollywood system, I think, is getting a little too far gone to be of any real use if you want to be a filmmaker. But it's much easier nowadays to uh, make independent films and to get it out to people, to a fairly broad audience. 
and to financial success. So, yeah, you have plenty of options if you want to be a filmmaker. You don't have to adhere to the Hollywood system. In fact, I would recommend you don't. Because it's a good way to find yourself with... Uh, how, how, what do actors usually have when they have uh, drug and alcohol problems? Oh, yeah, they're suffering from exhaustion. Quote-unquote, exhaustion. Yeah, exhaustion, my ass. I'm so exhausted. I slammed two bottles of tequila and took all these pills. I am so exhausted. Please. But that's what happens when you have that kind of a system in place. It's pretty dog-eat-dog, -dog, and frankly... With so many people breathing down your necks, it's not really worth it. Man, what a twist. Don't work for Hollywood. Okay, that was a lame twist. You saw that coming. I apologize. But, you know, I think that's going to be it for me for today here in the movie shed. I've ranted and raved long enough. And so, there will be no twist ending. This is indeed the end of the show. Thank you for stopping by. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash themovieshedpodcast. You can check us out there. So until next time, everyone, this is Mike, and I'll see you later.